garden plots that you have no doubt been waiting for since Eva Lynn's betrayal of me. I, Skeletor, am once more the sole leader and villainous overlord of Snake Mountain. It was obvious that if I did not seize the reins of power, this place was going to be repossessed or become some sort of care home for the criminally incompetent. I have taken pity on my minions and returned to take my rightful place at the head of the table. The long shadow of my despotic power once again falls over the land. Dun, dun, dun. Don't do that. You're cheapening the effect. I got into it when we did the murder mystery. It's just fun. Well, there is to be no fun anymore either. Only villainy, badness, evil doings. You don't sound too sure about it. So? Perhaps there is some slight rust, but evil is like riding a bicycle, both in that it is a skill which, once acquired, is never truly lost, and in that those who have truly mastered it tend to wear a lot of tight-fitting spandex. At any rate, both my evil and my wardrobe will be in top form by the time of the evil gardener's grow-off. What you growing for it? I'm growing a mind-your-own-business plant. Ooh. Big secret gardening plans, huh? Yes, and I'm certainly not going to tell you. You might crack under the pressure of blackmail or a bribe. Honestly, yes. Yes, I would. Especially if the bribe is an engraved pocket knife from Queen Marlena's line of survivalist equipment. But you hate camping! And yet I love knives. What can I say? Nana raised me right. Ooh, do you smell that? Is that lemon bars? The bake sale is underway. Both of the ovens are in use, and hopefully the next payment to the Contractarians is accruing as we speak. I can't believe you made so much with that last fundraiser. I would have thought that would be enough to cover at least a few months of payments. Well, yes, but there was also the fine, and the dry-cleaning fees for my gown, and mustache. Yep, the normal way to clean facial hair. Nice pencil mustache, by the way. Used actual pencil shavings? Obviously. The clue is in the name, Riley. And now a clue for this episode. Very little of it is likely to kill Beastman. Results not guaranteed. That's right, this episode is about botanicals that improve your gustatory and libaceous experiences. Cardamom is a plant that you're unlikely to grow for yourself, but the seeds of it feature heavily in many types of cuisine and improve the flavor of numerous baked goods. Dad's a big fan of baking with it. His cardamom ginger snaps? V-tasty. You're... Bizarre obsession with sharing the details of your father's baking exploits aside, if you, listener, have cardamom in your pantry and are unsure what to do with it, consider adding a sprinkle to anything that you want to have a heavily spiced note, or anything with a warm citrusy flavor. A hot toddy, for instance. Cardamom is excellent at befriending the honey, lemon, and whiskey of such a drink. Or even foregoing the whiskey and having it with plain tea is soothing for the throat sore from yelling about the fact that Merman used all the mixing bowls for his salmon drizzle cake. You can grow cardamom indoors more easily than outdoors, as it is a tropical plant that appreciates a warm environment. You need to get some seeds that are specifically for planting. Popping open a cardamom pod from your pantry will not be sufficient. Put your seeds in a clean container and pour hot water over them, and allow them to sit in the water for a day or two before planting. Some seeds require prompting to begin sprouting, and the Queen of Spices is one such plant. Queen of Spices is a nickname I could get behind. Well, learn to cook more than popcorn mixed with spicy Cheetos, and we'll see. You have to admit, it's pretty good, though. For a 
dish, that is essentially two snacks thrown into the same bowl, yes, it is surprisingly palatable, I will give you that. Now, after this soaking of your cardamom seeds, get a pot with one part seed starting mix and one part sand, the sand is necessary for our moisture maintenance, and lay seeds on top of the mix, then cover with a quarter inch of damp sand. Adding some plastic wrap over the top is a wise move to help keep the humidity consistent. Place your container somewhere that will never be less than 70 degrees Fahrenheit and not get far beyond 85 degrees. Check the soil occasionally and give it a misting if it starts to dry out. Germination is slow, so expect to wait perhaps a month to see sprouts. Once you see them, move your cardamom to a windowsill where it will get sun part of the day or consistent, indirect, bright light. Jeez, that's a lot of trouble. I don't think I'd go through this much hassle even for a plant that gave me, like, zesty cheddar jalapeno pods. Yes, well, as it turns out, mimicking the environment of a tropical jungle understory is not easily achieved in the common household. Is there a zesty cheddar jalapeno spice out there? There are something like 600 varieties of mint out there, so I'm sure zesty cheddar jalapeno mint can't be too far off. Grayskull help us. As for your cardamom, Riley, cover your ears. You will need to keep the soil moist at all times. Not soggy and swampy or not looking for root rot, but you do need to mimic the consistent dampness of a jungle floor. Likewise, no bright, direct sun. It will harm the leaves of your plant. If you can find the right spot in your home for a cardamom and maintain care of it, be prepared. It can grow up to 10 feet by the third year, which is about when you can expect it to flower and produce seed pods for harvest. You can harvest the pods between 30 to 40 days after flowering. Yeah, I vote for going to the store and buying cardamom. Ah, but knowing all of this, do you not appreciate the fortitude and might of those that cultivate this finicky queen of culinary wonders? Do you not admire their strength in soothing the temper of this lordly plant? Mmm, yeah, I guess I do appreciate cardamom a little more now, but I'm not growing it. My greenhouse has one, and she is a force to reckon with. Imagine Evil Lynn as a plant. That's not too terrible. Now imagine Evil Lynn on a bad day. Yikes. Yes. Paulette is manageable, but the conditions must be right or it is an irrecoverable disaster. So any reason we're recording this on the patio today? By the way, I'm not a miracle worker. I'll do what I can with the audio, but expect a bit of background noise. The fundraiser bake sale requires supervision. I thought Whiplash was in charge? Supervision that isn't likely to set fire to all and sundry. Fair point. And now I can interrupt without even opening the door! What price leadership? And since we have a Beastman on hand, and there will be chocolate chips in the vicinity, will it kill Beastman? Cacao! It is well established that chocolate is poisonous to pets, but what of the cacao plant itself? For those of you unfamiliar with the glory of this useful plant, it is a tree that can grow 20 to 30 feet and fruits with pods that contain cocoa beans. It likes warm, humid environments and maintains foliage year-round, so it always looks appealing. But should you consider planting one if you have a pet in your family? Only if you can keep a close eye on them at all times. All parts of the cacao plant are poisonous to pets. However, if you have an area that is safe from pets and the right climate to grow a cacao tree, you will be treated to fragrant blossoms and lush leaves year-round. It's even useful in a decayed state, as the hulls of cocoa beans are often used as mulch that is not only richly scented, but is often repellent to common garden pests. Again, 
This is a product only for the gardener with an indoor pet that will not have access to the mulch. Mulch. That is what I said. So, while this plant is useful in numerous ways, it is not to be treated lightly around your furry family members. Cacao plant. Will it kill Beastman? It's certainly going to make an effort. Hey, got an order for a Skeletor? It's a one 12-year-old cascaged bourbon, one oolong gin, one saffron gin, and uh, looks like a bottle of golden rum. Whoa, you got a cocktail party coming up? The speakeasy needed a top-up for the reopening tonight, and Drinksley was the fastest way to ensure that we had what we needed. And I'm doing some home infusing. As can you, audience. Drop some cocoa nibs into the spirit of your choice, one tablespoon for every two ounces of alcohol, shake and store in an airtight container for 24 hours, strain, and you have yourself a custom cocoa-infused drink for your cocktail of choice. I've infused this rum earlier, and it's turned out very promising. Sip? Yeah, I'll try. Well, it still burns, but I guess in a more chocolatey way? Thank you! The power of botanicals! And if you want botanicals in your life and in your liver, Drinksly! They'll deliver the adult-appropriate beverages to your location, wherever that may be. Have you ever wanted a quiet night in with a glass of brandy, but realized that all you had left in the liquor cabinet was a crusted-up bottle of creme de menthe and some bitters so old that they've turned to powder? Thankfully, now that we have the speakeasy, that's less of a concern. But for those of you without a heavily-themed drinking establishment in your basement, this sort of experience is all too common. Drinksley makes purchasing alcoholic libations a breeze. Simply make your selection online, purchase, and await as your booze is brought directly to you. Now you can have that Tom Collins as you stand upon the balcony of your fortress and smell the freshly watered garden wafting its herbaceous perfume. Or maybe win that bet with Stinkor over who can manage to finish their shot of Malort without gagging. Drinksly! Drinks delivered to wherever you are. I'm here. Has everyone finished their bakes? Hey, Whiplash. If you're asking if everyone's done using the ovens, yes. Although I wouldn't go into the kitchen for a while. Merman's salmon drizzle cake was, uh, fragrant affair. Well, if everyone's done, then we can start the judging. Uh, uh, hold it right there. You aren't judging anything until I get back. Favriel wanted to be present for this. She is foolishly convinced that this bake sale is some sort of do-gooding, and I will prove that little Leafy know it all wrong. We're going to overcharge outrageously. Riley, you're in charge until I get back. I have seniority, though. <sighs> Fine. Whiplash, you're in charge of making sure the awning doesn't tip over. Okay, what if- No though? setting it on fire. Okay, well, uh, carry on. And, uh, you know that you aren't judging anything, period, right? This is a bake sale, not a contest. Ha! The mysteries of the loaf and crumb demand more than a simple bake sale. We can't offer subpar confections. That would be a crime against the culinary arts. And chop chop, Skeletor! I need to start judging before the delicate sugar work starts to melt with the moisture in the air. You had better watch that chop chop attitude before I chop chop you. And as your lord and sovereign, I demand that you wait for me to have first rights at insulting the efforts of my minions. It is my joy de seigneur. Don't do anything until I get back. You hear that? Skeletor says I'm the senior android. That means I'm in charge. 
and also a robot beep boop. I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. I think it was something in French? Whenever he puts on a mustache, Skeletor seems to start remembering his trilingo lessons. Mm, I'm a French robot. Le beep boop. Nope, not doing that. Good, because I already forgot what it was. So, where should we start judging? We're not doing that either. Seriously, this is not a contest. And on top of that, Skeletor will be pissed if you start this non-contest without him. Whatever. Now that we've all had a chance to run this place and saw how easy it was, he can't push us around anymore. What are you talking about? In the week you were in charge of Snake Mountain, all you did was somehow manage to set the pool on fire and then spend thousands of dollars trying to build a treehouse out of pizza, which collapsed before it was even finished. It nearly killed us all. I know. And it only took five days. Now that's what I call efficiency. Skeletor schemes usually take months before they fail and nearly kill us all. Now, let's see if any of these junior androids understands how to prove a dough. Oh, I don't know how to do that. I believe in dough, but I cannot prove it. But I can show you around the bake sale. In this part, we have the lemon bars that Clawful made. I was told that you are to remove the plastic wrap before you eat them. But as you look like you have a very discerning palate, I recommend you try it first with the plastic wrap on and see what it does to the flavor profile. Hmm. I think you would have to leave the plastic wrap on to have any sort of texture whatsoever. This is a mush pile. I expected more of Clawful. What? He used artificial lemon flavoring? If I had known, I wouldn't have tried it. I respect my taste buds more than that. And now I have betrayed them. I have literally seen you take a shot of paint thinner, quote, just for the rush. That was a while ago. It was this morning, while we were setting up. Exactly. Wait, was that this morning? Oh, wow. Guys, I think I have time travel powers. If I disappear and reappear suddenly... You'll know why. You know, sure. Why not? Well, for crimes against lemons, I must incinerate this table. Also, I was going to anyway. But we can't sell these lemon bars to people. Was that flamethrower always on your back? See? I time-traveled again! I don't... Whatever. I'm not engaging with that. I just didn't see it until now. Time travel. Okay, back up. No! If you set them on fire, the plastic will melt into them as they turn into lemon bar briquettes and... Actually, that sounds great! No! We need to sell these lemon bars. We need to sell everything. Here, Whiplash, let's see what's over here. Uh, okay... Oh, here we have Trap Jaws Princess Cake. I think he practiced for a week on this. Just a week? It takes months to perfect. Look at this. The fondant is cracking at the top and all bunched up at the bottom like a too long curtain. Let's cut into the sand. Let's not cut into- oh, okay, you already did. And look at that! Look at the whipped cream just leaking out like pus from a collapsing <laughs> blister! Please stop. stop saying words like that! You make me not want to eat, and that makes me sadder than I knew I could be. This so-called princess cake is more like a popper's... uh... Snake? The point is, it's making me sadder than I knew I could be, and when I get sad, I have to set things on fire. I thought it was that when you were happy you set things on fire. Yes, 
when I am sad and when I'm happy and when I'm hungry and when I'm bored or angry or itchy or feeling je ne sais quoi or... This is a very long list, isn't it? Extremely. And since being interrupted when listing things from this list is also on the list, I'm going to light this cake on fire. No! I think, actually, Skeletor needs help getting Favriel, so... What is why this? Don't you... Is this supposed to be bread or a cake? Either way, it's stodgy. Look at the stodginess. Mmm. I see. Delicious! Stodgy is not delicious! This is stodgy! See the stodginess? What does that even mean, stodgy? Nobody knows for sure, but look! Look at the stodginess. See what happens when I press my thumb into the bottom of this loaf? Why are you doing that to the bread? I'm so glad this is an audio medium. And these muffins? The tops are not tidally domed. They are squat and unsightly. My eyes are insulted. But maybe we should eat one to know for sure. I eat first with my eyes, and my eyes say flamethrower. Stop giving the pineapple crumb bars that look. The crumb isn't even properly browned! Maybe you could just gently toast the top of it, and maybe... Well, alright. That's on fire now. You're welcome. I would sooner set my taste buds on fire than subjugate them to crumb bars that were so clearly beneath their refined sensibilities. Refined sensibilities? Whiplash, I've seen you put handfuls of live scorpions in your mouth. And you try to set your taste buds on fire all the time. You were doing it ten minutes ago. I was trying to get rid of the scorpions. What would you have used? Bigger scorpions? I already tried that. Plus, I needed the flames to cleanse my palate before the tasting. I'm pretty sure cleansing your palate doesn't generally require a flamethrower. Look, maybe there's a way to cleanse your palate that doesn't involve fire, but if there is, I don't want to know about it. I think most people just eat a spoonful of sherbet or something. Eh, not a fan of sherbet. But what is this? A plate of brownies. The frosting looks appropriately set. The density is not overbearing. The crumb is acceptable. But the salt sprinkle on the top is unevenly distributed. These all have to go. But this one. This one perfect specimen with its dusting of fleur de sel and clean knife work. This brownie we can sell. Terrific. So what we have left is one single brownie. And how much is the payment to the contractarians? Oh, it was a big number. I remember that. I think there was a 12 in it. 1,200? No, I do not think so. 712? 812? 12? 12,000? Yes, a thousand twelves! So many twelves! That's a lot of allowance money. Doesn't Skeletor, like... Pay you? Yes, but I also take out the trash and I don't even roll around in it, most of the time. I'm pretty sure this is a $12,000 brownie. I mentioned the frosting, didn't I? Oh, so it gives you magical powers or is like one half of a college degree or something? Because no one is going to pay that. I'm not apologizing for my art. My work here is done. Did I hear someone say $12,000 brownie? Well, color me interested. I just so happen to be a wealthy collector of rare and valuable dessert items, and I bet that's a mighty fine piece of baked good. Would have been better if it had been a corner piece, but (laughs) it is what it is. And I am keen to taste the chocolatey wonder of this brownie. 
oh, this is embarrassing, but uh, I don't have exact change. Can you break a $13,000 bill for me? Skeletor, I don't know what kind of scheme you're going for here, but I'm pretty sure that's not a real denomination. And even if it was, you buying the brownie from yourself doesn't help. That's not how paying bills works. Unless it does? They never covered the important stuff at high school, but I'm 95% sure it doesn't work this way. Pardon me, good merchant, but I'm not familiar with this Skeletor? Although he certainly sounds handsome and powerful. Oh, and do forgive my manners, I should have introduced myself. My name is Jebediah Millionsworth, of the Operon Millionsworths, if you're familiar with that region. I don't care about the backstory you've created for your disguise. Besides, we should finish up the episode. Here, here's the latest, leaf it to me. Uh, well, I do hate to be rude, but I'm really not this Skeletor fellow. Just read the question. All right. Dear Skeletor, I'm struggling with my Maya lemon tree. I know we're heading into peak Maya lemon season, but it's having trouble growing fruit. It puts out bunches of little lemons, but they aren't thriving. Does it need more fertilizer? More sun? Do I need to show it pictures of what lemons are supposed to look like? It's being grown indoors in a pot with carefully monitored water and lots of bright sunlight from the south-facing window and a grow light for days when there's not enough sun. I just want to feel like I'm in a citrus paradise. Help me live my dreams. Citrus woes in Stardica. I, uh, can't say as I know a great deal about the precise care of Maya lemons, but I'd say that you might want to check your fertilizer. Fruits and vegetables require a little more specific help with nutrients in a lot of cases. I know my husband is always measuring out the fertilizer for our apricot trees. Actually, with Meyer lemons, they usually end up self-thinning in the late spring or early summer. It's called the June drop. If the lemons are still growing in too small after that, you can prune it back a little bit further so that the remaining fruit will get more nutrients and grow larger. Why is everybody looking at me like that? Oh, did Whiplash set my fur on fire again? Not yet! No, it's just... Um... How to put this delicately? You knew a thing. About a plant. That wasn't just that you wanted to chew on it. Oh, that. Well, a while ago I heard someone say something about how if life gave you lemons, you should do something with them. Not roll around in them, maybe? Or make tiny clothes for them. I don't remember. But the point was that if giving people lemons was something that life liked to do, then I thought maybe I could use lemons to keep away ghosts, because ghosts are not alive. So I learned about lemons. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't, but it makes more sense than you just randomly knowing more about a gardening thing than Skeletor does. I keep trying to tell you, I don't know who this Skeletor fellow you keep talking about is. Okay, Skeletor. You're not Skeletor. Wink. You aren't supposed to say wink. Then how will Skeletor know that I know he's really Skeletor? And now, look here, my furry-faced friend. Uh, does this Skeletor fellow wear a big old cowboy hat and have an accent like this? No. Well, I do. So... Case closed. I am clearly not your beloved, brilliant, and powerful leader. 
What I am is a simple, honest, eccentric tycoon who loves to pay top dollar for rare and collectible baked goods. So how's about you city slickers tell me about this brownie of yours, so as I can purchase it and be on my way? Okay. Fine, Jebediah. This is a brownie. You eat it. And since Whiplash destroyed the rest of the bake sale, unless we can sell it for $12,000, we are totally screwed. Well, little lady, you drive a hard bargain, but $12,000 it is. Just let me write you out a check for that. Okay, I gotta say I'm impressed. You actually went to the trouble to have a prop checkbook made? I keep telling you- What happened here? No, never mind that. It's obvious that whiplash is what happened here. But more importantly, who is this handsome stranger in a cowboy hat? It's okay, Skeletor. You can stop pretending. We know that the person you are pointing at is really you. It was a very good disguise, though. So this is that Skeletor fellow everyone keeps confusing me for. I must say, I don't see the resemblance. What are you talking about? You two are completely identical. I know, right, Fabriel? It's uncanny. He wishes. Wait, then you really are an eccentric tycoon who wants to spend $12,000 on a brownie? That's what I keep telling you. And I'd sooner park my limousine under an avionian's roost after a chili cook-off than joke about something as serious as my baked goods collection. Then what are you buffoons waiting for? Fetch this attractive billionaire his sugary treat. Uh, you know, normally I wouldn't dream of letting an item like this go for a penny under $16,000. But, since you caught me in a charitable mood, I suppose we can come to an arrangement. Where's the brownie? Whiplash, if you set it on fire, I'm going to seriously think about demoting you to only kind of cool. No way, man. That thing was perfect. I have respect for true art. Beastman? What? Beast man. Uh-huh. Drop it. Drop the brownie. Drop it. That's not for beast mans. You can't have chocolate. You know that. Give me the brownie and I promise we will go for walkies tomorrow. And I won't even throw you into the moth annex, even though you clearly have a death wish and are trying to test the very outer limits of my extremely finite patience. <laughs> Uh, and I will cancel vacuuming this week so you don't have to hide from Mr. Grumbles. <laughs> A partially chewed up brownie? I'm not paying $12,000 for that. <sighs> no, of course not. Well, perhaps life under the contractarian's calloused collective thumb won't be so bad. I'll pay $7,000 tops. Um, yes! Of course. Uh, Riley, will you bag that up for our honored guest? No way I'm touching that. Fine. Uh, Beast man. No, I'll do it myself. This is going to look magnificent in my trophy case. A pleasure doing business with you fine people. Good day. That could have gone worse. I mean, you saved Beast man from chocolate poisoning at least. I saved us from financial ruin. Saving Beast man was... collateral. That was not any kind of good deed. That was pragmatism. Ruthless pragmatism. How dare you patronize me with that zap of the power of Skull? You can't just hand this out like so many gold stars to a sticky kindergartner. You should give it to me because I am clearly the rightful holder of the power of Skull. Not to interrupt this conversation, but what's the plan for the contractarians? You're still short on the payment by how much? Like 5000 
Oh, not to worry. I have a brilliant scheme. A scheme so transcendently genius that only I, the great Skeletor, could have conceived of it. You're gonna have a car wash, aren't you? Maybe. Shut up, Favria. Garden Pots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairn. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairn. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairn. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairn. Whiplash is played by Liz Logan. Beastman is played by Rafael Medina. Merman is played by Nathaniel Hubbard. Jebediah Millionsworth is played by Dan Mulcairn. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. E-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website, GardenPotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash gardenplotswithskeletor. Thanks for listening. Okay, guys, my cake is finally finished. Wait, Whiplash, where is everybody? Is the bake sale over already? This... This is the cake that was foretold! The salmon rippling through each layer of the sponge. The gentle sour cream drizzle. The delicate chive sugar work perched atop each slice, redolent with the overpowering aroma of smoked salmon. Is this... a fish mousse layer? Oh, this is masterful! This cake is worth $300,000 easily. This is the finest piece of baking I've ever seen. A triumph. Merman. Merman? I would like to offer you my handshake of approval. Oh, uh, sure. I, I guess. So, what do you want me to do with the cake now that the bake sale's over? We could save it for brunch tomorrow. I think you know the answer to that question, buddy. Well... Can I at least do the honors? You know what? You've earned it. You know what? That's pretty fun. I know, right?